Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Up in the Rafters, a podcast brought to you this basketball season by our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. Co-hosting this, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this year I'm joined by national champion, the most outstanding player of the Final Four, and a Carolina basketball legend, the ACC Network's Joel Berry. Joel, how are you? How's everything at the ACC right now because I know this is a basketball podcast but everybody's freaking out about Florida State uh getting snubbed from the playoffs right now yeah I feel like we shouldn't even be doing this right now because of what happened this weekend and what everyone is talking about I mean everywhere I go right now everyone's asking me my opinion like I'm the head of the CFP and I'm just (laughs) like I don't I, I don't know I just know I just know there was an undefeated team that didn't get picked for uh, the playoffs. And from the day that I started understanding basketball and sports, I thought undefeated was good, you know, and, you know, winning is, is everything. So I don't know, but it it has been crazy, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's not my, not my job to take care of it. (laughs) And And also, once once that Michigan Alabama game kicks off, a lot of these people complaining. They're they're going to be watching that game with popcorn. Oh, everybody's complaining. They know they're going to be glued to the TVs looking. So I mean, I can understand you feel bad for the for the guys. Um, obviously, it, it shouldn't take one player to mess up a whole roster of guys who compete on that team. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's really about money, and people are going to be glued to the TV either way. <laughs> I. Um, am I getting this wrong? Is this a conflict of interest? Because you work for the ACC Network, but from what I remember, you're also an Alabama football fan. Oh yeah, man! I should have put <laughs> I should have put out the jer- I got the jersey in the closet with my name on the back of it. I haven't pulled it out yet, but it's coming out. It is definitely a conflict of interest, but you know you got to stick to your roots, man. You can't let people change you. So roll tie all the way. <laughs> It's also been a big week for Carolina basketball since the last time we talked. Carolina starts the week with a win in the SEC ACC Challenge. UNC beats Tennessee 100 to 92. What were your biggest takeaways watching that game? Well, the 61 points is what stands out to me. I mean, you talk about an offensive clinic. They they did that in the first half and it's just crazy that they left a lot of points out there on the floor um, with some easy wide open threes. I just, I I like the fight, but more than anything, it's just the continuity of this team, the way that they were moving the ball. Um, 
defensively, they came out of the gate really competing and getting after it. And I just think um, they really didn't allow Tennessee to get their footing in this game. I mean, they were on it from the jump. So just overall, more than anything, because of, you know, we always got to compare it back to last year and how things are a little bit different. But I just think the ball movement and just the way that they looked as from a competitive standpoint was at an all time high on, uh, against Tennessee. Yeah, that that competitive standpoint that you mentioned, when you think of this Tennessee team, we mentioned it on the last podcast, you think of how physical they are and how they want to take the fight to you. But in, in this SEC ACC challenge, it was Carolina taking the fight to Tennessee the, that got them the 22-point lead at the half. They beat them to the 50-50 balls. They they beat them in transition. What did you see from this intensity from Carolina that they played with? And is that something that you just kind of have a feeling going into a game? Like, yeah, if if this turns into a fight, we're ready. Yeah, I think it's – and I don't know about you, but it did surprise me that, like, Tennessee didn't look – looked like the physical team that we thought they were, that they were. Um, It seemed like, like you said, it seemed like Carolina brought the physicality and the competitiveness. And like I said, they couldn't, Tennessee couldn't find their footing, but I think this is something that, that we'll see moving forward. I mean, in that Florida state game, we'll get to that, but the Florida state game, we saw the, we saw the competitiveness. We saw, them coming back and being physical in the second half and getting the lead and really going on a huge run. Um, I just, man, I was just, I was very impressed with how they brought, they brought the physicality and everyone before that game was saying Carolina has to bring it. Carolina has to bring it. Honestly, Tennessee had to bring it and they did it. (laughs) And you also mentioned the 61 points that Tennessee gave up in the first half. This stat from Brian Ives, uh, from ESPN, actually, and it, the stat is North Carolina's 61 points were the most allowed in any half by a Rick Barnes coach Tennessee team, and this is Rick Barnes' ninth season in Knoxville. But besides the some of the passes, because one of the things I love is is that like extra pass where you somebody might be open, but if you just make that one more pass, um, you, you're setting yourself up for even a better shot. What was working so well for Carolina to to the point where they score 100 points? It's, it's a biscuit game against a team like Tennessee who came into this game with the number one ranked defense. Yeah, man, that that the way that they moved the ball, um, I thought that was very impressive in the in the first half, and that's why I said they lost. They left a lot of points in the first half, and they still scored a ton of points. Um, just the way you implement Elliot Cadeau in there. And I think he's the catalyst of all this. I mean, it permeates throughout the team when he's on the floor. It, it seems that everybody else is unselfish. Um, and it permeates throughout the whole team, I think, not just the starting five and when he's on the court. Um, and I just I, that's what stood out to me. Um, and I saw like a couple of times Elliot Cadeau honestly could have shot the ball. But it was that pass where you look like you're getting ready to shoot and you don't even look at the next guy. You just do like the little like a little pass like this. And it's just that split second that makes the difference. And then you saw RJ. I'm just thinking about the play in my head where it was it went from uh, Elliot to RJ to Cormac Ryan in the corner for a wide open three. I mean, anyone could have shot that three. Um, and that's how wide open he was. But that that play right there sticks in my mind because that's 
that embodies ball movement. And I thought in the first half, that's really what it was. I mean, they they got so many wide open opportunities. Yeah, that was the exact play actually that I had in my mind too when I when I think of the ball movement from this Carolina team and Ellie Cadeau finishes with 10 assists. But when you factor in those like hockey assists where he was the pass before the pass, it would have been even <laughs> an even higher number. And I saw a social post from Carolina basketball where Ellie Cadeau was the first Tar Heel since Marcus Page to have 10 assists and, and zero turnovers in a game. And in that post, you see Marcus on the bench talking to Elliot Cadeau. What do you think that's like for Elliot to have somebody like Marcus, who's a lot closer in age, um, but also somebody who who knows what he's going through and, and what he's trying to do and somebody whose brain he can pick on the bench? Yeah, that is that is uh, essential to have somebody like MP on the on the bench. Um, I, I know it personally. He is a bright mind and he knows basketball um, through and through. And he not only just played it, you know, uh, MP actually thought the game. And I think that he is one of the um, uh, just a great addition to Carolina. Um, but I, I, honestly, MP probably was like, man, good, good, good shit, you know, like keep it going. You know what I'm saying? But I also think that just having somebody like him um, being able to come off the court and being able to see it from his perspective and uh, for Elliot to have somebody like that to go to that is taking his brain and taking his um, his IQ to the next level. You know, there there are a lot of things that we don't see on the court, but having someone like MP who has played the position um, and played it at a high level for Carolina, uh, you know, just it, it gives him um, it gives him what he needs to be able to have another set of eyes um, on that staff. And I just think that. Like I said, it was a great hire by Hubert Davis to be able to get MP on the bench. And this stat um, coming from Adrian Atkinson on Twitter. Against Villanova, Arkansas, and Tennessee with Elliott Cadeau on the court, Carolina is scoring 1.37 points per possession in 73 minutes. Without him on the court, that 1.37 drops to 1.02 points per possession in 52 minutes. So uh, I, I think that's something we've kind of, this is a podcast where we'll we'll admit when we've been wrong about some stuff, but we also have to take some credit for when we're right. I think we said Ellie Cadeau is the, the most important person before before our, our first podcast even. <laughs> so, you know, a, a quick second to pat ourselves on the back because yes, I, yes, I, I think when you're watching this team, it's clear to see Ellie Cadeau is, is one of the guys that, uh, makes them run like like they do run. And um, I, I thought it was also encouraging in the Tennessee game where Tennessee makes this huge run in the second half. Their, their best player lights out. Uh, I think they got it down to maybe maybe seven points at one point. Yeah, it was seven. And you could feel you could feel the nervous energy in the Dean Dome as as this 20 point lead was slipping away. Do you think in a sense that it's encouraging that this team did have that moment to to face some adversity instead of just, you know, being able to hit cruise control and and beating Tennessee by 20 and, you know, having having to respond when a team makes a run like that against you? Yeah, obviously you want to always keep the foot on the pedal. Um, but I mean, it's the game of basketball and you're you're going against the number 10 team in the country. So you knew at some point they were going to make a run. Um, I know it wasn't the run we were all expecting and we didn't want because we wanted them. We didn't want to be in that situation. But 
Um, I think it was good for them because now you're able to show um, and understand, okay, how can we, how can we, we withstand other teams making runs? And I thought that um, Carolina did a great job. And then you saw RJ Davis step up and hit a big time three to get that lead back to a comfortable lead. Um, So I, I, you know, obviously as a player, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want a team to make a run like that, but I thought Carolina, uh, needed that in that situation just to show that, you know, there are ebbs and flows of the game. Um, and the best thing that you can do is try to find one or two plays to try to get that momentum back on your side. And obviously, um, as we heard Coach Davis talk about the fans, the fans from, you know, I watched it from TV. It sounded like it was amazing in there. Um, and so you when when teams are making runs like that, you want to find how can I get how can I get the crowd back into it and how can we get the momentum back on our side? So I thought they did a good job of just keeping uh, Tennessee at a good distance, not allowing them to get too close. And then when they did get close, you saw the leadership, you saw the maturity from guys like RJ step up and make big time plays. Yeah. It was a, a situation where they, they made free throws. They were able to inbound the ball in, in situations where they needed to inbound the ball. And, it's a game where maybe last year Tennessee starts to make that run. The, the team faces some adversity. And before you know it, ten, Tennessee takes the lead or, you know, they're going to OT or, or something like that. But yeah. quick break to remind everybody about our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. If you're going to be in Chapel Hill, you can visit Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. If you're not going to be in Chapel Hill, you could visit them on johnnytshirt.com. Great people, great customer service. They have everything that you could possibly want for the Carolina fan in your life as we get closer to the holiday season. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. They've got it all. They've got the jerseys, the hats, the T-shirts, you name it. They've got it, especially the colder weather is getting here. So get that Carolina hoodie. Johnny T-shirt, great people, great customer service. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Joel, the, the Florida State game, switching our attention to the Florida State game. Carolina wins. 78-70 at, at one point in that game really didn't look good for Carolina and they get a, a big second half performance and they come back. What were your biggest takeaways from that game? Yeah, I just thought that it was a different game than Tennessee. Um, and I think more than anything, this shows that this team can win in a different way. You know, first half Florida state comes out, they bring the, they, they bring the fight to, to Carolina. Um, and it seemed like, it was getting ready to be a runaway coming out in the second half. But then about 15 minutes left in the second half, Carolina made the shift and we saw them win in a different way that I wasn't expecting. Um, They came out in the press and I mean, it seemed like they should have been pressing from the jump because they were running that like clockwork. And um, I just liked it. I I was, I was very impressed to see them come back in that manner. Um, I don't know how much they're working on, running jump and being able to press like that. But I thought that the way Florida state plays um, and likes to do the teams, that's what Carolina did to them. And uh, it made the world of a difference. And I thought that was a um, very gritty win in the second half. What are the advantages of, of going to uh, a press defense? Because like you mentioned, Seth Trimble comes in and, and Hubert Davis goes to the full court press and, looked like it energized the team into their comeback. But, you know, why Why do you think they did go to the press when they did? I think they just had to get the momentum and the energy back in the building. I think Florida State, every time it looked like Carolina was getting ready to take that step and get to that lead and or make that comeback, it was like Florida State hit a big-time shot or they, get a, they got a big-time steal and went down and hit a shot. Um, but when they did the press, it just brought the energy back. And uh, when the team presses you, it gives this like optical illusion that something is wide open or you have so much space that you're playing in, you know, like coming off a pick and roll, you know, coaches tell you to be patient, let let your big man roll. But sometimes our, our you know, natural, natural inclination is to try to close that space. And so when you're playing in the, against a press, you know, you throw the ball over the top, you think it's open, but it wasn't open. We saw that. We saw that a couple of times where Elliott got a steal, RJ got a steal. Um, and so Florida State had all this wide open space and they were just trying to play as fast as they can. And they played right into Carolina's hand. And Carolina just did a great job of, you know, having active hands, being active. Um, and I, I just, you know, making that change really made the big difference. But that's what's so hard when you're playing in space. You want to try to close it. And sometimes you just got to stay patient. And Florida State wasn't. We hear about these these emotional letdown spots coming off a, a, a big game against Tennessee. And I think the the first thought is like, how can a team come out with no energy for for something that you prepare all week for? But being somebody who, who's been in the locker room, how tough is it to – to bring your A game every every night in, in a college basketball season where when you're playing, you know, two, three games every week and some games you're against a, a top 10 team like Tennessee and then some games you have like these bottom of the ACC teams coming in. 
Yeah, it's just that's just part of playing sports. And um, that really that's the whole test is, you know, coming off a win like that against Tennessee. How can we bounce back? Um, not even a bounce back, but how can we keep that same energy? But it, sometimes it's hard, man. You know, the legs get tired. You talk about the way that they competed in that game for 40 minutes. Um, you know, they couldn't let the foot off the uh, off the break because Tennessee is a really good team. And so playing 40 minutes that way um, and then coming into a, a, a Florida State team that they pressure you, um, they speed you up, you know it's going to be a high-possession game. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard, and that's just part of part of being an athlete um, and just part of going through a season. You have to be able to find that energy, find um, a way to compete in those moments. And so that's why I said, man, it was a it was a real testament for them to come out in the second half and to have the type of energy that they had because in the first half they look a little lethargic. Um, but it's just part of the game. And like, like I said, just being able to win a different way. Um, that's part of, you know, that's part of like what we see in March Madness. You play one team, they play a certain way. You play the next team. It's totally different. Um, and it's just about finding a way to win. And I thought that's what they did against Florida state. And against Florida state, Carolina used their, fifth different starting lineup across the last six games. The starters were Elliot Cadeau, RJ Davis, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, Armando Baycott. What do you see from those five when we're, when they're all playing together? Because I think from, from the outside looking in the Carolina fan is like, this looks like our best five. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, like I said, I think I said on our first podcast, you know, this beginning of the season and in, the, uh, in these times, coaches are trying to tamper with lineups just to see what works best. Um, and sometimes that's not right away, but I think they finally found a five that works together. Um, I believe that Cormac Ryan came off the bench, correct? Uh, against Florida State, he started. He started. He, started. He, he came off the bench against Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you know, I just – I just think I think this is the five that that will start along the way. Um, I think Coach Davis mentioned it, that they have a competitive team um, and guys are fighting for playing time. And I think more than uh, more this year than last year, we see a team that can really, really have some production coming off the bench. I mean, in the last two games they had against Tennessee, they had 26 bench points. And then against Florida State, they had 12. So you see the talent is there. Um, and I just think that uh, being able to have this starting lineup start um, and having those guys come off the bench, I think uh, I think this might be the might be the group moving forward that we'll see stick um, as we go along through the season. Yeah, and that production off the bench, like you mentioned, is not something that we've seen from Carolina where the, the best plus minus in, in the Florida State game, we mentioned it, mostly because he was the start of the 22-0 run, his induction, his introduction into that second half. Seth Trimble was uh, plus 24, where he scores nine points off the bench, perfect from the field, gave the team a lot of energy. And I, I think that's a, another encouraging sign for this North Carolina team where you don't have to have this, this iron five mentality. Like if, if, you have confidence in in Elliot Cadeau. You have confidence in Paxson Wojcik. You have confidence in the the Jalen Washingtons and, and the Zayden Hodges, where 
whoever is going in for this game, Jalen Withers, Carol, this Carolina team is a lot deeper than than in years past. And there, there's one thing that I've been watching where I'm trying to I'm trying to mentally process what I'm what I'm seeing because I, I don't understand it. Armando Baycott is shooting 84.8% from the free throw line. He's a career mid 60s percentage free throw shooter. Can you please help me out here? How, how do you begin to explain how Armando Baycott is up almost 20% free throw shooting? Been putting in the work, baby. That's what it's about. I mean, it's it's getting in the gym, just making sure that you are uh making sure that you're stepping up. I think it could be that, you know, last year he realized how many times he was getting fouled and how much he left on the on the uh on his plate. And uh that's something that you know he probably worked on during the summertime. And that's where it really, really starts is um working on those things that you want to work on in the summertime. And um I just think that's what it what it is. It's just behind closed doors, making sure that he's stepping up to a line. I mean, it's the highest value shot that you can take. That's why it's called a free throw for a reason. So you got one job when you step up there to that line and that's to make the free throw. Um, but it is, it is good that he's knocking them down um, because he is going to get fouled throughout the course of the season. And to have those one, two points, um, you need those. You can't come out of the free throw line with an empty possession or, or zero points. That's just, you know, you can't do that as a team, especially when you want to succeed. But I mean, in the last two games, which is wild to me, they made 57 free throws out of 69. That is a 82. That's 82.6%. That is wild. But you're going to win a lot of games shooting like that. You're going to win a lot of games because a lot of teams miss quite a bit of free throws. And when you talk about college basketball, the margin of error is like this. And I think this past weekend, we saw that a lot of teams going on the road, losing a lot of big time teams losing to these mid majors. The, the, the parity in basketball is at an all time high and the margin of error has closed even more with how these mid majors are playing. And if you can go to the free throw line and knock down 57 free throws in two games, you're going to win a lot of ball games. Speaking of the mid majors, did you see Kentucky put down a new court and immediately lost to UNC Wilmington on it? They put down a new court. (laughs) You got to go back to the old court. You got to go back. You just, you just (laughs) spanked Miami in a home game and you'd go and change the court. I wonder if Calipari knew that because I'm like, get take whatever court, whatever money y'all put on this court, take it out. I don't care. And put it's getting the boxed court. Yeah, <laughs> we're tossing that. That's like everybody talking about the black uniforms for Carolina. You know, we they're like toss those out of the door. <laughs> oh man. It, the other the other points that I wanted to talk about from these two games before we preview the Yukon game. RJ Davis's splits with Elliot Cadeau on the court and Elliot Cadeau off the court. Without him in 136 minutes, he is averaging 19.1 points per 40 on a 48% true shooting percentage. With Cadeau on the court, 132 minutes, so it's pretty even with and without, he is averaging 29.8 points per 40 on 66.3% true shooting percentage. Wow. 
why do you think RJ is so much more effective and a better scorer with Cadeau on the court? Yeah, there are a couple of things. Just one, I think RJ can um, just focus strictly on being able to score the ball. Um, Obviously, he's doing a great job of passing in the right situations. I don't think, um, as I've been observing him this season, I don't think he's – no one had, like, this moment of RJ ball hogging um, or taking, like, really bad shots, which I – which I thought is very impressive and shows the matured, the maturity in his game. Um, but I think he's, I, I think he's just a lot better when he's able to just worry about scoring and then have that second option when, you know, okay, my shot isn't there. Now I'm gonna move the ball and get someone else involved. And he's made on time passes. And I thought his, uh, distribution out of, you know, catch and shoot situations, driving and finding open guys have looked really good this year. Um, secondly, you're playing with a guy that you really don't see in college basketball anymore. And that's a a pass first point guard. Um, the only person that I can think of right now, um, out of the power five conferences is Dewan Harris from Kansas, you know, and he's having to take on a more uh, scoring load because of his team. But Elliot Cadeau is a pass first point guard. Man, I saw a, a, a possession in the Florida state game where, he was like, he was wide open, Taylor, like wide open and was like inside the free uh, three point line, nowhere, no one near him. And he could have just pulled up and shot a three and he passed it to uh, Harrison Ingram in the corner for uh, a three. Like, when do you when do you ever see that? Um, I don't see that much now. I see guys, even if they don't have good percentages, taking that shot. But for him to be cerebral and know that I got a better shooter in the corner, um, is I'm gonna make this pass. And so I think RJ is able to play with someone who can deliver the ball on point, can get it right into his uh right into his shot pocket, and he can go right up into a three-point shot. It was a time off a of mate basket where Elliott got the ball, took two dribbles, threw it right to the corner in the Tennessee game, and RJ went right into a shot for a knockdown three. So I just think that he's more comfortable with a guy who can deliver the ball on time in the right space, in the right time to him in his shooting rhythm and to be able to knock it down. Yeah, that's what I really think it is. The 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 quality of R.J. Davis's shots have gone way up with Cadeau on the court and Cadeau knowing where he's going to be and putting the ball right exactly. there for him to where R.J. just has to focus on being a spot-up shooter, which he is really good at. There's really a good. lot of time. If if RJ Davis is shooting a, a wide open shot, I you think the Carolina's fans' confidence level is through the roof. Yeah. And his and teammates then, are running back. Like this is <laughs> this going in. <laughs> and I, I think when you're playing with a, a guard like Elliot Cadeau, um it reminds me of for for the tournament, I, I tend to, especially when Carolina's not in it, like last year, I tend to follow the players that I really like. And one of the players that really stood out to me was uh, Marquise Noel from Kansas state last year, where he played with a similar pass first mindset and he's just racking up these assists. And when you're watching Cadeau out there, you could see the game looks like it's slowing down for him. He's playing under control. He doesn't look like this freshman where a bunch of things are are being thrown at him the the past few games And, and the numbers backed it up where, the first three games, he had eight assists, eight turnovers. In Carolina's last five games, 
24 assists, two turnovers. Crazy. 13. That I, I was I was getting ready to get to that, man. He had 13 assists and one turnover in the last two games. And these were like really good, really good defenses. Um, defenses that are long, athletic. Um, and he's able to 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 have those type of assist numbers. I, I think it's it's really a testament to you know, you talk about vision. I think vision is something that you see, you know, you see the play before you see the play um, or before the play happens. And I think that like coming off of the pick and rolls, he he's able to throw those cross court passes with velocity and get them on time, on point. Um, that's not what you, you know, I wasn't throwing that as a freshman and he's, he's putting it on, you know, right into the shooting pockets. Um, and then what I love about him, Taylor, is that like in high school, he could score the ball. Like if you watch his tapes, he could score the ball. Um, but he's allowing his other guys because he understands the amount of talent he has around him. And then he's like, all right, now I'm going to use this speed and this handle. I'm going to get past you. I'm going to get to the bucket. Like I love that about him being able to understand, like I'm going to get my other guys involved. And then when my time is coming, I'm going to show y'all what I got. Like I got this in my bag. But I got these dudes around me that got bags too. So I'm gonna let them go and then I'm gonna get to mine and y'all will see it. I, I just love that about him, man. <laughs> Before we wrap up, a big shout out to our friends at Congruity. Congruity is a North Carolina-based national coverage local presence company with personal support straight from the Tar Heel State. Congruity is empowering small and mid-sized business owners with HR and payroll outsourcing, enabling you to grow your business while they take care of your greatest assets, your people. And they are doing it with top-of-the-line technology and services for every stage of your business's growth with a state-of-the-art online platform. Congruity, they are obsessed with customer service where they become part of your team. They do the heavy lifting, providing essential admin support with a single point of contact and support available on demand with services that are tailor-made for you, transforming your organization. Congruity has helped hundreds of businesses improve and enhance their day-to-day lives, level up your HR capabilities, save money, unlock game-changing growth. Visit congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels to learn all about congruity, filled a quick form to be connected to their consultants, and they'll give Inside Carolina listeners or viewers a payroll and HR assessment for free. That's congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels, congruityhr.com backslash Tar Heels. All right, back to the episode. And Carolina, with, with these two wins, Carolina moves up eight spots to number nine now in, in the poll. So going into... This game against UConn Tuesday, it's a top 10 matchup at Madison Square Garden. UConn checks in at number five. From what you've seen, how do you think Carolina matches up with this UConn Husky team? Yeah, I think they match up pretty well. Um, you know, we saw, we saw, uh, I saw Donovan Klingon going up against Hunter Dickinson. And I think, you know, Baycott, uh, Armando will present the same type of physicality um, against Donovan Klingon. Um, being able to force him out, not let him get comfortable on the block. Um, you know, I know that uh, Carolina will probably just make him play around bodies. And um, because if you just allow him to 
just catch the ball in the post and be able to go to work. He, he He's pretty good. Um, but just being able to make them play around bodies. But I think Carolina matches up well. Um, I think that, you know, point guard play will be at a premium in this game. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see that matchup. I'm not sure who they'll put on Tristan Newton because he's a, you know, a bigger guard. Um, you know, you want to be able to put some size on him. Uh, I think they could possibly put Cormac on him. Um, I could see that as a, uh, as something that will happen. But I think, I think this game will be, uh, you know, a well-matched game. And I think that Carolina can obviously use their depth um, to their, to their advantage in this game. Cause I think uh, UConn goes probably about eight deep, but a lot of those guys that, that, that play in the starting five, man, they play a lot of minutes and we know Carolina has a bench that they can rely on, but this is going to be a really good game. Yeah. And so, you look at the adjusted offensive efficiencies from Ken Palm, two top five offenses, UNC at number five, UConn at number three. It's also a, a cool atmosphere for this Carolina team where you have RJ Davis from White Plains, Cormac Ryan's from New York, Elliot Cadeau is uh, a born in Brooklyn kid, grew up in, uh, I'm pretty sure, New Jersey. So it's a it's a really cool atmosphere for them to be playing in, one that they probably dreamed about. Every, every kid from New York dreams about playing at Madison Square Garden. So, so to get this opportunity, uh, just a, an unbelievable opportunity. And Hubert Davis has spoken about he, he wants to play at least once a year at Madison Square Garden. But for, for this Carolina team, this UNC crowd, they're going to travel no matter where this Carolina team is playing. As a former player, what is that feeling like when you're at a neutral site and you look around and you just see a sea of of Carolina blue everywhere that you guys go? Oh, it means, it means everything. Look, this game without fans, it wouldn't be anything. The fans are what make these type of games so special, man. When you can see, you know, obviously, you know, teams are, or fans are going to show up um, when you have a home game, but I think what really solidifies, solidifies it as a player when you know you have a really good fan base is when you go on the road, man, and you see the Carolina blue all over the place. And what I love like more than anything is like when we're warming up and all you hear is the tar hills. And it's just like, man, that type of energy to know that like your fans are there with you, man, it, 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 it means everything. And to do it in this type of environment in the Madison square garden going up against, you know, one of the top teams in the country in this premier matchup, it's going to mean everything, and uh, our fans always show up and show out, and uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for the guys. But you know you know they're going to be there in New York, um, and there's nothing like it, man, having those fans behind you. Should be a fun one in the Jimmy V Classic up against UConn. Tip-off, 9 p.m. Tuesday on ESPN. We will be back next week to break it all down. But, Joe, man, appreciate the time and appreciate everybody watching and listening. Always enjoy it, man. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.